0: Good morning and happy Mother's Day i am so excited that you are worshiping with us today my name is jenny and i'm one of the pastors here and whether we you are with us here at the church and our fifth street campus or you choose to worship with us online welcome i pray that this next hour of worship is going to be a special time that you will spend together with a community a family of faith and also in the presence of god I do ask you to uh, register your attendance. Let us know you're here. If you are in the church, in the sanctuary with me, just uh, reach for the attendance pads that are on the side of the pew and then pass them along to your neighbor. And if you worship with us online, just use the tools of your platform that you are using to let us know that you are here with us in this special hour. Who also is with you? Who is there worshiping with you? We celebrate each and every one of you who chooses to make our church the place where you worship. I have a couple of announcements that I want to uh, mention to you today. Next Sunday, uh, May 15th, we have a couple of very special things happening. At 9:30, worship service. It is going to be different from our regular gathering worship service. We will uh, get to enjoy. Uh, very special children's ministry presentation. It is going to be a musical that our children have uh, practiced and uh, Mr. Mark put together, and it's it's going to be special. It's going to be something. I don't know what to expect, but it will be very, very special. So uh, that will be the highlight of our worship service next week at 9.30 at the gathering. And then 11 o'clock worship service will be your familiar... um, service that we do here every single Sunday. Also on May 15th, also at 9.30, uh, we have our pastries with the pastors, which is a very informal and pleasant um, time that you will get to sit down, uh, meet a couple of our pastors. uh, Pastor Phyllis and Pastor Mike is going to be there. We talk about our church, our discipleship values. How do we do our faith here at First Church? You get to ask questions. You get to meet other people that are probably fairly new to the church. Maybe make some new friends. And that is also an opportunity for you to become a member of the church. If this is your church home, if this is where you worship, if this is where you serve and this is where you want to grow in your faith and you want to celebrate it, make it official. Join the church, Pastries with the Pastors, next week, May 15th at 9.30 is the time and the place when we will celebrate. celebrate that. And then, uh, looking forward, uh, Monday, May 16th, we have a Spectrum con- uh, concert here at 7 p.m. Uh, if you attend the Spectrum concerts regularly, then that will be the time for you to come and enjoy it. And then, May 22nd, at 10 o'clock in the morning, we are doing a Wesley Hall Reconsecration. Uh, so, you will, if you want to participate in that, you will get to come a little bit earlier and join us at 10 o'clock in Wesley Hall for our celebration of what God has done among us. And then uh, you will have some time to enjoy Wesley Hall, enjoy fellowship, and then be back here at 11 o'clock for worship. Now this concludes my announcements. Again, I'm so excited to see all of you. And I know there is many more people that are worshiping with us right now joined in the spirit. Let us now prepare our hearts for worship. After our call to worship, we will remain standing and we will sing hymn 139, praise to the Lord the Almighty. And now, will you please join me in our call to worship? Let us stand up. Come, let us worship and praise God. The Lord is our shepherd, our guardian, and our guide. Celebrate the many ways in which God cares for our lives. Green pastures and silent still waters beckon us and comfort us. Even though difficulties happen in our lives, still God is with us. Even when it seems that the world has nothing to offer but suffering and pain, God surrounds us with God's love and bounty. Surely God's mercy accompanies us on our journey. And we will dwell in God's house forever. Amen. Every Sunday as a community of faith, together we affirm our faith. Will you please join me? We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Baptism is a sacred time in the life of the family and in the life of our congregation. And this morning, we would like to ask the parents of Royce Glenn Springer to uh, bring their child forward for infant baptism. God's mercy and love reminding us that we do not come into the relationship with God on the basis of anything that we do but rather on the basis of God's acceptance and gracious invitation of love to us children have always had an important place among the people of God remember the words of Jesus when he said let the little children come to me do not hinder them for to such as this belong the kingdom of God
1: and I ask you now, as you stand before God in this congregation, do you affirm your faith in Christ? Yes. And do you promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, all nations, and all races? Yes. And will you nurture Royce Glenn in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, self, to profess his faith openly and to lead a Christian life? Yes. Okay. Will you come see? There you go. Okay. (laughs) That was quite a dance there. All right. Royce Glenn, I baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now if you'll place your hands on him also. Royce Glenn, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you will remain a faithful disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's turn around. <laughs> All right, there we go. All right. Well, what a gift it is to participate in this holy sacrament of baptism. And we do that by pledging ourselves, along with his parents, to help nurture Royce Glenn in Christ's holy church. Uh, uh, and someday, uh, He will stand at this or some other altar and make his own profession of faith in Christ. And this is God's wonderful gift offered to us without price. Say hi to Mr. Mark and your church family.
0: (laughs) Will you please now join me in our response? With God's help, help, after the example of Christ that Royce Glen surrounded by steadfast love may be established in the faith and confirmed and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal.
2: Good morning, friends. Hi. Uh, my name is Mark Burroughs, AKA Mr. Mark, and I get to be the children's minister here at First United Methodist Church. And I feel so lucky to get to do what I do for a number of reasons. One of those is I get to see the joy of discovery every Sunday morning. Because, uh, it, it, you know, with adults, sometimes we can take for granted that we all know the Bible stories or we all know certain passages of Scripture. But every Sunday, I get to see the light go on as kids discover a new Bible story or Scripture for the very first time. And I'm also lucky that just when they get old enough to be tired of Mr. Mark, they go across the street to youth and have a whole new crop come up and they all think it's brand new again. I thought we would try an experiment, and I really mean that, and in an experiment, kind of like the MythBusters, a result is a result. I don't know how this is gonna turn out, but I thought I would start saying something. And if you know what I'm saying, and you know where it's going, will you join with me, nice and loud? And I only get this right about 75% of the time, so I really could use your help, and I'm not making that up. Okay, here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I wanted to try that. That's the King James Version that we did. I never had a King James Bible growing up. I still don't have one. I've got a new King James Version, but I never had a King James Version of the Bible. I learned that from hearing my parents and my parents' friends and my grandparents say it over and over until it became like a heart song. And I know we sometimes joke about the King James Version being the way that Jesus said it, you know, when he was teaching it. Um, But there's something beautiful about the poetry of the King James. And kids, just another selling point on the King James Version. There's lots of different versions and interpretations of the Bible. But the King James is one of the only ones that actually has unicorns. And even in Psalm 22 that comes right before it, in the King James Version, there's unicorns. I would not make anything up like that about the Bible or about unicorns. So I just love the idea, today especially, uh, exploring the idea of shepherds. And um, I just came from the children's wing and I saw master shepherds at work. These are the moms and mother figures who teach the two-year-old and the three-year-old classes. And you, yeah, good, please, please. Although they can't hear you right now, they're busy. But you should see shepherding of two-year-olds and three-year-olds taking them from their nice classrooms on the first floor all the way up to the second floor so 40 of them can have 10 minutes of music with Mr. Mark. And there's crying and tears because transitions are hard. And there's wiping away tears and cleaning noses and then comforting and singing songs and then getting them all down safely and not losing one of them thank you teachers. And then preparing uh, a table, a a veritable feast of Nilla wafers and watered-down lemonade. And it's just wonderful. And I'm so grateful for our shepherds. And all of our moms and mother figures are shepherds and thank God for them. And there's another word for shepherd that I want to explore. And that word is pastor. In fact, the words, are, the words mean the same. Now, there's another word that sometimes people think is synonymous with pastor, and that's preacher. But preacher and pastor don't mean the same thing. You know, a preacher will stand up here and, and tell you what to do and tell you how to live your life and what to say and what not to say. But a pastor is like a shepherd, you know, who walks with us through the valleys. A pastor is someone who was there to gr- when we're, we need to grieve, who was there to celebrate, who was there to make hard decisions with us. We have had for the last 19 years a pastor. Aren't we lucky that with, in Dr. Brewster we have a pastor? And aren't we lucky that that tradition is going to continue with Pastor Lance? Aren't we lucky? There are churches all over town, all over the Metroplex that have preachers. We have pastors. Thanks be to God. Now, if there are any little sheep who want to come join me for fun upstairs and possibly watered-down lemonade, come meet me right over there, and I'm ready for you. And now let us stand together as we sing our opening, our middle hymn, The King of Love My Shepherd Is, verses 1, 3, and 6.
1: before i read the scripture i want to say a couple of things one is happy mother's day to you and the other is just deep gratitude and appreciation for the amazing party that we had friday evening Um, and especially i want to thank um, joy brandon uh, who chaired the committee and there were a lot of volunteers committee members volunteers uh, that I, I deeply appreciate them. It, it, re- it was just an amazing uh, party and celebration. And uh, it was wonderful to see uh, the church um, practicing one of those aspects of healthy plate discipleship that we call play. So I just wanted to say, Susan and I are so, so grateful uh, to all of you. And uh, look forward to Uh, these next uh, few weeks uh, and the opportunity to uh, have a chance to visit with with more of you. But it was a lot of fun. Thank you. These are the words of the 23rd Psalm. I'm reading from the Revised Standard version of Scripture. Um, There are a lot of versions, as Mr. Mark said. Uh, Revised Standard is uh, similar to King James. Uh, but uh, with a bit, uh, uh, a bit of updated language. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God speaks to us through the reading of scripture.
3: Thanks be to God, God. amen. Before we consider today's scripture reading and today's message, I wanna thank Tim and Jinya and everyone who's leading us in worship today. Of course, I want to thank our wonderful choir for leading us in music. I want to thank our tech team for connecting us in person and online right now, no matter where you're joining us in the world. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. I want to thank the army of volunteers that's in the children's ministry and the youth ministry and the adult ministry every single Sunday morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for finding your place in ministry and help our church be the church every single Sunday. My name is Lance Marshall. I am one of the co-senior pastors here at First Church. And we are in a very special set of time as we are celebrating Dr. Brewster's 19 years of ministry leadership here at our church. And we did have that awesome party on Friday. It was so much fun. Thanks to the people who organized it. Thanks to UMW for the gift of Trey and the Tritones, that beautiful live music that was wonderful. I want to say a special word of appreciation to all the people who watched me dance and did not immediately transfer their membership out of the church. I appreciate your generosity and your hospitality. I also want to acknowledge all the people who kept coming up to me over the course of the evening and going, wow, this is so great. Are you nervous? <laughs> wow, this is so great. Are you really nervous? And I just kept thinking, I wasn't. <laughs> what are you What are you expecting? <laughs> It was so great to be a part of that celebration. For those who couldn't be a part of the celebration, I want to let you know we're not done celebrating. Our staff is actually having a staff retreat out at Lyle Lodge in a couple weeks, and we're going to celebrate with a barbecue there and sharing time uh, celebrating Dr. B. And Dr. B's last Sunday is going to be the last Sunday in June. More details yet to come, but we're going to have one big worship service that Sunday morning, and then a huge party for the entire church to gather together in Fifth Street, and just have a wonderful time. So if you weren't a part of Friday, we have more partying yet to do, and I can't wait for us all to be a part of that as we celebrate Dr. B and this wonderful, fruitful season in the life of our church, and maybe just a little bit of being excited about the future as well. So it's a really exciting time. Also something that is very exciting is in two weeks, May 22nd, as Jinya mentioned in our announcements, we are going to be celebrating the re-consecration of Wesley Hall And I want to just point out that a number of you have joined our church over the last few years and may not have ever had a chance to be in Wesley Hall because it's been under renovation and expansion for the past few years. The space is wonderful. Typically, it houses a number of things on a Sunday morning. Later on in the summer, we're going to resume having a breakfast that opens the doors of the church to our neighbors who are experiencing homelessness. We also have a worship service that meets in that space at 930 on Sunday mornings called The Gathering and a bunch of other opportunities to connect as well. So on that Sunday, May 22nd, I want to invite all of you to come down around a little after 10 o'clock in the morning, about 10.10. The gathering worship service will meet here. And then about halfway through, we'll have a walkover. If you're a part of our church, you know that our church loves walking over to new stuff. We'll have a walkover. We'll have a reconsecration. We'll celebrate Holy Communion. It'll be a great chance to see that space and to celebrate One of those great ministry tools that we have in the newly expanded Wesley Hall. Just a wonderful season in life at the church here. A lot going on. One of my favorite ministries is something that we call Christian Men's Breakfast. You may not have heard of it, but it's a ministry that we started before the pandemic and have since resumed. It's a -a once-a-month gathering, the men of the church, and it's open to men of all ages at the church, but we really focus on the guys who are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, guys who are right in the middle of establishing themselves in their careers, who may have families and children, and who are finding out where faith fits inside all of that, because those things happen together. They're not separate parts of our life. It's all part of our life together. So on the first Wednesday of every month, we meet at a local local tap room, and I buy everybody tacos and coffee, and then we have conversations. We break into groups, and we just, you know, talk about the things that are really prevalent in our lives. And to help facilitate some of the conversation on Sunday, I asked a number of questions, excuse me, last Wednesday, I asked a number of questions, and this was the final question I asked. And I want to ask you now. I asked you to consider Two hypothetical guys. Two guys they don't know, but imagine you knew two guys, and they're both Christians. Guy number one is a Christian. He has faith. He believes. Absolutely. Affirms all the creeds, etc. Comes to worship. Has a church home. Maybe even reads the Bible. If not, he knows where one is, at least. Right? He knows where one is. He, he has faith. He's, maybe he's had kids go into a program or something like that. I mean, he is a Christian. Absolutely. But it hasn't really sunk into every aspect of his life, right? I mean, it's a Sunday morning kind of thing for him still. And he has, he has faith, but when he's experiencing trials or difficulties or times of joy or things like that, that's not necessarily a part of it. His faith isn't necessarily a part of that. That's guy number one. And consider that hypothetical guy. And then consider hypothetical guy number two who is a Christian. He has the beliefs, but he also has these practices These practices of regularly prioritizing worship, proclaiming Christ as the center of his life and meaning it when he does, as a practice of searching scripture, not just for the sake of learning, but to better understand and see the witness and the testimony of God's faithfulness in the life of God's people in the face of hardship over and over and over again. And those stories start to sink in. And he has a life of prayer, a disciplined life of prayer. And it's not just about talking to God. It's not just about saying what you want, but it's also about listening back to what it is that Christ is saying to him. A guy who lives a life of uh, sacrifice, so that he can live a life of generosity, so that he can make the missions that God has put in the heart of our church possible. Imagine these two different guys. Hypothetical guy number one and hypothetical guy number two. And imagine their lives of faith and what Christ means to them and how Christ is at work in them because of how they've let Christ be at work in him. And then I asked the people at this table, what do you imagine their hearts are like? And where do you imagine the differences are between their two hearts? Those are the questions I asked. I want to ask you, what's the difference between those two hypothetical guys? How do they feel every day? Easter Sunday was just a few weeks ago, and uh, I get a little excited about Easter. Not going to lie, if you were at the service that I was preaching, there may have been a little bit of boot stomping because the news was just too good, and the boots got out of control. Because the good news of Easter Sunday is that Christ is risen today and I don't just mean on Easter Sunday. Christ is risen the next day and the next day. Christ is risen today in May and Christ was risen yesterday and Christ will be risen tomorrow. Easter is the first day of the new world in which we live and where Christ is risen and at work. If so, if the resurrected Christ is risen and at work, what is he doing? What is he doing? If Christ is risen and at work, what is he doing? Our scripture readings for the last two weeks have answered that question. What are some of the things that the risen Christ is doing? Two weeks ago, we heard the scripture story of the road to Emmaus, and we learn in that story that one of the things that the risen Christ does and is doing is walk right alongside us, even if, and this is key even if we're in the process of walking away from him. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus have given up. They were followers of the living Jesus, saw him crucified and died and thought, well, I guess it wasn't true. They had really tried. They had really tried and they came up against something that they said, I guess it wasn't. This wasn't for real after all. And they were walking home. And the risen Christ was with them. What is the risen Christ doing? One of the things he's walking with us. Even if we're in the process of walking away from him. Last week, we had the incredibly powerful and dramatic story of Saul... Saul, the persecutor, Saul, the murderer, Saul, the one who would seek out and kill and erase this nascent new religion of those who are following the way of Christ Jesus. And Saul, on his way to do more murder, to enact more violence, is met by the risen Christ, and Christ transform him. transforms him. Christ's grace is at work in him. Christ takes the heart of evil and hate and fear, and removes it from Saul, and replaces it instead with a heart of love, compete uh, compassion, grace, and hope. The risen Christ is transforming. is changing. is shaping and remaking. And the risen Christ. Is doing that still. The risen Christ is walking alongside us, even if we're in the process of walking away. The, the risen Christ is transforming, even if we're actively resisting it. And the risen Christ is at work shepherding, shepherding. One of the things that we use over and over again in Scripture, we see the writers of scripture would do is use images from the world around them to help make clear very complex topics and very complex sayings. And one of the things they would do is use images that just naturally made sense to the community and shepherd imagery is one of those key ones. Do we have any shepherds here today? Do we have shepherds? Okay, one of these days one of them's going to come and I'll have them talk and explain what they do. In the meantime shepherds live their life embedded with their flock. Sheep or goats, they're responsible for them, keeping them together, guiding them, bringing them to what they need, food and water, giving them what they require to flourish, to be their healthiest and their happiest. And one of the key roles of the shepherd is to protect. The sheep and the goats on their own are vulnerable. They're easily lost. They're easily led astray. They're easily harmed or damaged. And one of the key roles of the shepherd is to live a life embedded with the flock, not just to provide, but to protect. And Jesus tells us, Jesus tells us, I am the good shepherd. I give up my life for the sheep. That is how thoroughly he protects and provides for each and every one of us. The writer of the Psalms was putting together this Psalm. They were different, written by different people. There wasn't just one writer, but the writer of this Psalm, Psalm 23, was writing this text. And I'll be honest with you, they had no idea that they were going to be read in funerals over and over and over again. That wasn't why the Psalmist wrote these words. We read them at funerals for a number of reasons. One of them, I believe, is because it's so incredibly comforting. But the words of the psalmist, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, were not written for the purposes of comforting people at a funeral. They were written to put to word the feeling of what it's like to actually live your life fully reliant on the presence and the power of the Lord, your shepherd and the experience of not wanting, the experience of knowing that you're provided for, the experience that knowing you'll receive what it is that you need to flourish, the experience of understanding no matter what you face, no matter what assails you, no matter what trials you endure, they may be painful, they may be a struggle, they may be incredibly hard to endure, and yet you are never alone. That is what the psalmist was trying to explain. We hear these scriptures read over and over and over again in the course of funerals, but I have a question for you. What would it take for us in our lives to hear this scripture read at our funeral? And by the way, did you know that in the Methodist Church we don't have in our book of worship an order for funerals? We have a service of death and resurrection. We don't have a funeral. We have a service of death and resurrection. And what would it mean for those words to be read at our services of death and resurrection, not just for the purposes of comforting those who are there to grieve, but because they are a perfect description of how we lived our lives. What would it mean to have those scriptures read at our services of death and resurrection, not just to comforting to comfort the people who are there to grieve, because they perfectly describe how it is we lived our lives, and the knowledge and reliance on the presence and the work of Christ. I asked those men at the breakfast. What's the difference between those two guys? Those two hypothetical guys, one of whom has faith, he believes the right things, but the other one who has come to a place of building his entire life on the steadfast foundation of the knowledge of Christ's presence and power. What's the difference between the two of them? What's going on in their hearts, do you think? And the men at my table said, Peace. The men at my table said they imagined the difference between those two men is peace. Because while both of them have faith, one of them has come to know, to understand, and to feel in his bones that no matter what happens, no matter the difficulty with his health or anybody, others, anybody else's, no matter the difficulty in his marriage or anybody else's, no matter, no matter the difficulty in his business or anybody else's, his children or anybody else's, no matter how hard things get. He knows, he knows that the Lord is his shepherd and he shall not want. And even in the face of the hardest things that this world has to offer, he knows he is never alone because his shepherd promised him so and he has seen and felt over and over and over again and it gives him peace. So, How do we get there? How do we get there? We hear the scripture readings. We worship through song. How do we get there? And I just want to ask you this. What did you drag behind you through the doors today? When you came to church this morning, what was dragging behind you like a ball and chain? What grief? What worry? What pain? What hurt? Those of you who are watching online... What's sitting right next to you on the couch, casting a shadow over your entire attempt to connect with Christ in worship today? What is it? What is it that's hurting you? What is it that's worrying you? What is it that's causing you to doubt or to fear? The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd and while you will face difficulty and you will experience trial and you will have a thousand times and reasons and causes for doubt and while you will face things that push you to your very limit, Christ promises you that he is your good shepherd. So what can you hand over to him today? That thing that you dragged in? The thing that's chasing you, that's holding you down, that's holding you back. What can you give to him today, maybe for the first time ever? In complete and total trust. So that you can finally start to not just know or to understand, but to feel that peace of knowing that your shepherd is with you always. I ask you to hold that up. To name it in your heart. To acknowledge it. As to right now, we pray together. Lord Jesus, our shepherd, you lay down your life for us so that no matter what we experience, no matter how much we doubt, no matter our times of sorrow or grief, loss or fear, pain or even death, we know that we are never alone, that your rod and your staff, they comfort us that you protect and provide, that you promise us that goodness and mercy shall follow us every day of our lives and that we will dwell in your home forever. Lord, each and every one of us dragged something behind us into church today, has something sitting next to us on the couch today. Lord, give us the strength to hand it over to you. Help us to not just hear, or to know or to understand, but to feel your presence with us today, guiding and protecting as every good shepherd does. It's with gratitude and thanksgiving that we hand over to you the burdens too great for us to bear. And it's in your name that together we trust and say the words that you taught us to pray, saying our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. key vision and value of our church is being a place where no one walks alone. Y'all may not know this, but Mother's Day is typically one of the higher attendance Sundays in the year for a church. You may not also know that Father's Day was one of the lowest, so <laughs> I've got my eyes on you guys. But you also may not know that Mother's Day is the number one intentionally skipped day of church in the year. Did you know that? Mother's Day is the number one day of the year where so many people go, I just can't, I just can't go to church today. Because the truth of that is for so many people, the process of being a mom or having a mom or desiring to be a mom and not being able to be is incredibly complicating or difficult. And too many people feel alienated by this. Years ago, our church started a tradition holding on this week a service for children loved and longed for, an opportunity for people who've experienced the death of a child or people who have not been able to have children can come together and worship and know that they are not alone. To know that their church sees them, acknowledges them, understands them, and celebrates them. Over and over again in our lives together, we have so much healing to receive and to do. And we need to know that we are not alone when we do it. And being a church that sees people like that, that holds services like that, is made possible because you continue to live sacrificially so that you can live generously and make ministries like that possible. When we come to a time of offering, it's a recognition of the amazing things that God has done for us, is doing through us, in and through the body of Christ, the church. As I invite our ushers to come forward and receive the tithes and offerings, I want to remind you that now, or at any time, here or online, you can go to fumcfw.org slash give now and make a gift there. As the baskets and plates come around, if you're one of the people who gives online, I encourage you to take a marker out of the pew back that says, I give online, and to place it in the basket as it comes around in recognition of your online gift. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the ministries that you continue to make possible through your sacrificial living. Would you please pray with me as we bless these gifts? Jesus, please take these gifts as a sign of our worship as we return to you a portion of what you've made possible for us. Please take these gifts and use them for the strengthening of the body of Christ, your church, in the coming of your kingdom. And it's in your name that we pray and say, Amen.
0: At our church, nobody walks alone, and I want to extend a special welcome to our guests today. If you're a guest, if this is your first time worshiping with us today, we have a gift for you. We want to meet you. We want to greet you. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we have a gift for you, and we have a gift for your kids, if you have gifts with you. Kids with you. We have gifts for the kids. Here we go. I got through this. Um, Our on-ramp station is uh, impossible to miss as you exit the sanctuary in just a moment turn left into the garden we have volunteers there to greet you and also besides just meeting you we are there to help you connect if there are opportunities here if there are ministries here if there's particular group or class that you would like to try out and explore we are there to help you find your place here and find your people here Also, if you are someone who just needs somebody to pray with you today, if there is something that you dragged through the doors, our Pastor Lance, beautifully phrased, if there is something that we can do for you today just by praying with you, Ann Duncan, our volunteer uh, with the Congregational Care Ministries, is right here in the corner of the sanctuary. After the service, just come up to her, talk to her, and then she will pray with you. Now, Lance. Will you lead us in the benediction?
3: Our gathering will soon be ended. Where will we go? And what will we do? May grace, peace, hope, love, and joy forever accompany you. Amen. Amen.